Hello and welcome to No Applause, Just the Clap. With me is Deb, and I'm Doug, the man who gets into a Uncle Jesse war on Facebook. I'm going to need a few more details about said Uncle Jesse war. Well, I quoted Jesse Custer uh, from Preacher very sweetly until the end of the world. Very discreetly. I, yeah, I would say discreetly. Um, and then my friend Ross decided to answer back with a, um, oh shit, I don't remember what the initial, like, the, 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 the second shot was. I'm pretty sure it was a, you know, Jesse from, uh, Breaking Bad. No, it wasn't. Oh, that'd be a good one. Well, there's your I should have said, this is a full house, bitch. Well, there's your next shot of Uncle Jesse, Jesse Pinkman. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, oh, my God, really... Uncle Jesse Pinkman. Hilarious. You got it, bitch. So anyway, it just kind of escalated into there can that be only one, and then I started me. quoting uh, Rick Springfield lyrics. Uh, I will consider it ongoing, and I will do Jesse Pinkman next. That's fucking beautiful. On that note, have you watched the Funny or Die Aaron Paul Weird Al the Untold? Yes, I did. Please tell me you laughed like crazy hard. I did, especially after watching it three times in a row. <laughs> Like, there's so many hilarious subtleties to it, and especially since it's Aaron Paul, you're just like, <gasps> Well, first I didn't realize it was Aaron Paul, because I'm oh, like... Oh, no, it took me, like, two-thirds of the way through the video, and yeah. I'm like, bam, Jesse. Well, and then, what is it, Weird Al plays the record executive? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was good. I'm glad you sent that. Speaking of uh, things that we send to each other, did you no like No pleasure the... is foreboding. No, I was going to go with, did you like the... Compiled list of books that Daria mentions. I actually almost peed myself laughing and then immediately made notes to read all the ones that I hadn't read yet. Which, oddly enough, is only like about 15 of that list. Yeah, I think I've read most of them as well. I mean, I, I've read a lot of Camus, so... Yeah, but like I said, no, I loved it. Um, So, you sent me a list Because I know that you and I what, have a, have a weird Daria fetish. It's 57. 57 books that Daria mentions in the show. Yep. In all, what, four seasons? Or what I read along the last two? I think it was four seasons and two movies. Okay. Well, movies. You guys can't see my air quotes, but movies. Mm-hmm. They had, is it is it summer yet? And something about her going off to college. I don't remember. Right. But, yeah. Rawr. Oh, Daria. Oh, Daria. You're so awesome. So you what's know, on my, the whiteboard? Oh, No, sorry. I was going to say, no, literally my favorite, sorry, I did not mean everyone to hear me moving my feet off the coffee table. Yeah, that's right there. I'm pointing at the wave. <sighs> my favorite Daria episode ever is after Jane and Tom break up, before Daria and Tom, I think, are officially together, and Jane starts dating this throwback 40s, like, pinstripe zoot suit guy. Uh, th- uh 20s and 30s, then, yeah. But, no, no, he, he does all the different eras, and there's a part when they're getting in a fight about her shoes, he's like, I don't think you're ready to mix eras yet, you're wearing 60s shoes with a 50s dress. She's like, you're the one who's wearing a 40s suit to a 60s tiki bar. <laughs> He's like, I have to go home and change. That's literally my favorite Daria episode ever. Mine is any episode where Trent says, Daria. Like, awesome. Um, they went to the Alterna... Mystic Spiral, man. Mystic Spiral. They went to the Alternapalooza, and she's wearing <laughs> a different outfit than she normally does, and sits on a peanut butter sandwich and gets a giant grease stain on the butt of her pants. Hilarious. That's also the stretch pants versus leggings argument with the fashion club. Ah. And, oh, um, Quinn. I think it might be, is it summer yet, where Jane goes off to art camp. And at some point at the end of that... No, that's a lie. At some point during the episode, Trent and his bandmate get arrested. 
and Daria has to drive bail them out. Yeah, 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 with Quinn and bail them out. But they dedicate a song to Jane and Daria, which is "We'll Still Be Freaking Friends." You know the song I'm talking about, right? I do indeed. Yeah. I shouldn't love that show so much. Okay, moving Except on. Except for the fact that all things. my friends compare you to Daria. <laughs> Why? You're a little Daria. In what way? All the ways. Be more specific. Deadpan, monotone, dark, sarcastic. I would like a former mental institution patient's room to be my room. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. So, about Orange is the New Black. I'm sorry, what? So, about Orange is the New Black. I'm sorry, what? So, about Orange is the New Black. I didn't hear you. I'm going to keep saying it. I'm not going to say it. So, I finally finished watching both seasons of Blue Orange. Orange is the New Black. Blorange sure is a new three. What? Aren't there three seasons now? Two. Nope. Mm. Nope. Uh, three comes out in January. Okay, that makes sense now. So it'll be Orange is the New Black and Archer. <laughs> head to head. Well, no, because one's FX and one's Netflix. I guess you can't spell Netflix without FX. I want to high five you. I also want to punch you in the junk. Do you want to high five my junk? On a side note, I'm pretty sure I just heard the non-turn coughing out our window, and you better bring me my soup. Not a meal. I just it's, it's French onion soup. I just Still not soup. a meal. You said, if you get food, bring me some dot 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 soup. Soup's not a meal. This is going to get, I mean, I know we're going to get into a weird, like, is, is a hot dog a sandwich I really conversation, just French but, onion soup. Okay. So about the orange. That's right, I said it to shut you up and move the episode on. To appease me. Um, God, you... Um, I was going to try to get off on a Hitler thing, but anyway. Um, so, yeah, I finally finished watching both seasons in less than a week. Um, hey, binge-watching. I, I was... Oh, God, binge-watching. Um, weirdly enough, my insomnia worked to my advantage on that one. But... Um, I was led to believe that the second season ended on a cliffhanger, and it didn't. It did not. It did not. But it's one of those where, after two seasons and such an intense watching, whoever plays Crazy Eyes, who, uh, I can't remember her name off the top of my head, but, um... I'll back to you later. She's phenomenal, she, by the way. She's phenomenal, A, she's phenomenal in that show, B, she's extremely attractive and pretty in real life. Like, they really ugly her up for that role. Um, and her and Kate Mulgrew just fucking kill it. I'm trying to think. There was an article I read recently where they talked about who they actually wanted for that role. And now I can't for the life of me think of who it was. For Red? For Kate Mulgrew's? She was not the original pick, and now it was somebody much more well-known. And she's gotten, like, nominations for stuff. I I think she may may have won the Emmy for Best Supporting. I hope she fucking did. But I cannot for the life of me remember who they actually wanted for that role to begin with. Anyways, it's not important. Continue on. And I will say, uh, I love Laura Prepon, but... She's a Scientologist? <laughs> okay, now I don't like her as a human being. Or, or as a Thetan. Um, but, her character gets... Mm, it's an interesting dynamic, and I don't know if I'm, uh, I'm seeing this... It is on purpose or not, or it's a happy accident. But the fact that the main character Piper gets tougher and tougher, and then the tough girl uh, Alex, played by Laura Papon, 
gets like whinier and whinier and more vulnerable and it's just fucking annoying. Also, you don't see her boobs. We talked about that last week. I actually do not have such a big problem with it, but frankly, because of her being a Scientologist... Yeah, but so is Jason Lee. It's like, fuck, but man. I mean, because she's I'll still watch fucking Dogma. Because she's a Scientologist, she cannot play me in the movie of my life now. And there's no... Oh my god, there's no one else I can think of to do it. Yeah, unfortunately, Alicia Witt's too pretty. Yeah, you see my problem? Laura Prickle's a Scientologist, so she can't play me, and Alicia Witt's too pretty. Yeah, see? See? Can't think of anybody, can you? None of being no name. <laughs> like, maybe Emma Stone, if she was no. less awesome? Dude, Emma Stone's prettier than Alicia Witt. Really? I, I disagree. So. Really? Uh, what's her name? Uh, oh, yeah, Ron Howard's right. daughter. Rebel? Yeah. Rebel Alley? Uh, but uh, who's Isla that really? Isla Fisher. Isla Fisher, yeah. She's was she married, the one that was she's married? She's married to Borat, and they're expecting their third. Wasn't, but she dated, um, she dated, uh, fucking James Gunn. No, that's Jenna Fisher. Jenna Fisher was married yeah. to James Gunn. Yeah. The one from The Office? Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, no, Ilsa Fucking Fisher. Fishers. Like I said, Ilsa Fisher. Not people that Love fish. Her. Beautiful woman, way too attractive to play me in a movie. She's married to Borat and they're expecting their third. Not so much. Them Jews like to fuck. It's more the fact that I think her husband, Sasha Baron Cohen, should die in a fire. Well, that's horrible. I'm sorry, I think he's terrible. As like a human being or an Pretty much. The only thing I've ever liked that he did was in Sweeney Todd. Really? When he was playing the rival barber with no, the No, I, I, yeah, I saw the movie. I saw that with Margaret and Piglet. Like I said, sounds no. like I live in a doc, uh, Doctor Who. I live, it sounds like I live in a Winnie the Pooh world, but I don't. Like I said, no. That's Is the, that Garbatron? No, it's just a truck. It's gone. Oh. I was going to say, that's literally the only thing he's ever done that I actually liked. It was his bit part in Sweeney Todd. Dude, the original BBC HBO Ali G is fucking genius. Like Andy Kaufman level genius. Yeah, okay, make your little fucking disgusted face, but I'm right. So, you want to talk about the strain? Yeah, I guess we're moving on. Yeah, we're moving on. <sighs> Fine. So, I'm guessing... I didn't break up with the strain. Obviously, I made it through the season finale. <laughs> now, you've read the books. So, this is going to be a very interesting kind of point, counterpoint, counterpoint. Which is interesting, because, you know, the, the last time I had this... Ever. <laughs> counterpoint, counterpoint, counterpoint... The last time I had this problem is when I went to go see Catching Fire with the non-turn and Tony, and I knew exactly what was happening at the end of that film, and they didn't know what the next film was going to be, and I'm like... Well, it's mostly Philip Seymour Hoffman as a hologram. <laughs> Aww. Aww. I mean, it's sad. Um, well, you know what? It's like Phil Anselmo said, there is no good strain of heroin. Um, so, about the strain? So, I didn't break up with it. I stayed with it. You have the street thug, the street tough, um, being, I guess, like, uh, deputized or um, kind of drafted by the paramilitary vampires that I've been really confused about. And you finally have Starakian um, take on the Master, and they find out that the Master can actually survive in daylight. Mm -hmm. um, 
too limited. I mean, he burns a bit, but... Well, it's, it doesn't kill him, it does injure him. It weakens him, right. So, they finally, like, do this whole big um, assault on the Master, and it doesn't work, and Serakian's like, I didn't know he could survive in sunlight. I'm now doubting my entire fucking life. Um, and you have the very end where the recovering alcoholic uh, Ephraim, mm-hmm. Goodweather, uh, I'm not going to pretend that name was an accident, um, having a biblical name and then Goodweather, because um, what's Goodweather, Deb? Sunny? Yeah. It depends on your definition of good weather, but... Well, I'm really ginger, so Sunny's not really great for me. Well, you, you read it home with the master then. But, you know, taking the... Nobody sl- else is hearing Master of Puppets in their head right now. What? The song, Master of Puppets. No. You're falling on me, I'm the only Alright. Well, now I am. Because <laughs> I'm over my metal shit. That lasted like a week. Um, I'm on to Interpol now. But, uh... But yeah, he takes a slug of scotch, and he's like, we'll fucking get through this. And, you know, you kind of get the sense that the uh, the Marilyn Manson character, whatever his name is, Boulevard, or something like that. I think it's Boulevard. It's been a while since I read the books. I, I, I recently rewatched uh, Days of Future Past, so I, I'm, I'm itchy to say Boulevard because it just makes me want to say Trask at the end, um, which we, was Peter Dinklage's. Can we talk about how phenomenal Jennifer Lawrence looks in Days of Future Past? You mean basically naked in blue or in general? In general. I, you know, it's just, it's one of those where... Naked in blue? Fuck yeah. But in general, no. She looks gorgeous that entire movie. She does. She's very glamorous that entire movie. And I'm pretty sure she fell trapped to, and not that he's a bad looking guy, but fell trapped to the uh, the accent trap with uh, Nick Holt. Just what not, is he? He's, he's British, right? Well, they're not together anymore, so it doesn't matter. Bullshit. They broke up again? Like, recently. She's been seeing Chris Martin of Coldplay fame for quite some time. Bullshit. Yeah. No, they were back together for the Oscars last no. year. Oscars. She's going to be year. Apple's stepmom. Yeah. That's not good. That's a Snow White cliche in and of itself. Nobody yeah, can see us high-fiving. Right. Yeah. Nobody could see us high-fiving. That it was, was a good the high best f- burn I've heard in eternity. Yeah. Really? Eternity? But anyway. So, the strain ends with, yeah, Gus being uh, recruited by the paramilitary vampires that I'm very itchy about. Which actually doesn't happen in the book. Okay. Uh, and then you have, They're like... a very independent force. The, the, then you have kind of the core group of Ephraim Fett, who I'm... Love to hate, hate to love. I mean, I really, I, I really like Fett. Uh, Vasily Fett and um, whatever the fucking chick's name is Nora or something like that I think it's Nora um, and it Ephraim has, and Starakian it has been a while since I read the books but I mean like kind of the, that core group um, oh, and so as, as I was saying you gotta get the sense that Boulevard is more important and I know reading ahead he is lined up to be the master's next vessel until something happens with Zack so yeah, well, you know what? Fucking Wikipedia, guys. Sorry. So, on a weird transition, speaking of um, guilty pleasures, I started watching a new show on Fall TV called Forever. Oh, with Mr. Fantastic. Yes. Um, it's actually really good. 
it's probably not gonna make it because I mean it's not special, it's not interesting, it's not unique. But it's, it's about an immortal. On. It's about an immortal guy, who he can't die, and but he's always solved as a murderer or something. No, no, nothing like that. Um, he's a doctor, and when he initially died, it was on a slave ship back in the fucking day, and he diagnosed a slave with a fever, not the plague, and they threw him overboard anyways, and he drowned. So now, any time that he dies, he comes back in a body of water, naked. Hilarious. It's mm-hmm. totally kind of a guilty pleasure for me. It's 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 one of the it's a procedural. They're solving murders. This thing, that thing, this thing, that thing. Is that on Fox? No, no, it's on like ABC. No, it's probably on NBC. Mm, no, because I see ads for it when I'm watching one of my shows. I'm bringing up my list. Oh, maybe Brooklyn Nine Nine. No. No, like I said, no. It's, it might be ABC because I'm pretty sure I see ads for it when I'm watching Shield. It's like the same niche that Castle has. Like I said, it's a good show. It's not special. It's not great, but it's entertaining, and I like the it. The murder he wrote. Exactly. Like I said, it's a procedural with a you know heroine and hero and hero that may or may not you know get something sexy going on. Do you know why they called the drug heroin? No, I'm serious. Do you know why no, they called it heroin? No. Why? Because uh, when they initially like started um, taking it or um, administering it medicinally, for oh, no, it'd be opiate. Yes. Yeah, it made people feel heroic. Why would they call it heroin then? Why would they feminize it? I don't know, man. Maybe they found it on a ship. I don't know. That's the root of it. We'll talk about root words later. That's in some correction shit. Oh, corrections. Um, do you want to talk about Brooklyn Nine-Nine since you mentioned it? Where are we at? Brooklyn Nine-Nine. What's above that? Ten pounds of comics. All right. Um, sorry, that'd be L- the name of my, like, nerd metal band. I'm sorry, LBS isn't clear? It means pounds. I just assume it's some kind of disease. Um, I got the LBS. I got the LBS. Yes, I'm sure you do. You're going to pay for the drinks. What does that even mean? You've got the pounds for you to pay for the drinks. Takes more than a pound to be good in bed. <laughs> little little Garfunkel that's there for you. Good lord. It's the my gay boyfriend song. <laughs> have you heard that one? Yes, yes, okay. I have. Thank you, Garfunkel and Oates. So Brooklyn Nine Nine's no, back. No, You're no. excited. I'm extremely I wanted to talk about this last week because I and then I forgot that I to write it down because No, I'm extremely excited. Also, Terry Cruz, I love you so freaking much. Have you seen the vasectomy episode? Yes, I have. Also, Terry Crews, you did an appearance on The Chew this last week. What's The Chew? It's a daytime kind of cooking show, which I love, because you know I like cooking shows. Full of Asians. But yeah, Terry Crews, I love you so much. Could you be more awesome? You were a professional athlete, now you're an actor and a comedian, you're also an amazing artist... Come on. He has muscles on muscles. Like I said, could you be more awesome, Terry Crews? You're amazing. Is he married? Yeah. I hope that your wife is awesome and you have a thousand amazing babies. In the show and in real life. Pretty much. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know he has twins on the show. The vasectomy episode. Okay, I have to tell the you The fact though, that, that he literally rearranges Jake Peralta's skeleton by falling asleep on him. <laughs> it's like It's like... 
amazing. He can't stand up straight right now. Yeah. And he like cracks like nine of his back and he's like, okay. When Brooklyn Nine Nine was announced and they did the teaser for it, I'm like Adam Sandberg. I don't really think. Dude, he... I was no, in the no, same I'm boat like, before I, I saw think... it because you were the one that sold me on it. Like I said, I don't think he can carry a comedy. I think this is going to be a fucking nightmare. His supporting cast. Oh my lord! And not that not that Sandberg should be discounted by any. No, 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 he does fantastic. But I mean. But it's... literally the riffing behind. I mean the, the 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 orchestrated chaos. I cannot for the life of me think of the actor that plays the captain. Uh, Andre Bronner. They're straight man. Well. He's so. Fifty plays a gay guy, but yeah. But I mean, he's so freaking. The second episode where he tries to, and I wanted to talk about this. Yeah. Where he tries to be um, sarcastic and mean. And he's like, oh, what pit of Hades did you drop out on? But like, it's drop one of out those... of, okay, well, let's take this into my office because you're so welcome. <laughs> but it's one of those things where it's like, they, they try to have his foil be Kira Segwick. That's who, I was trying to think of her name because I'm like, oh, it's Miss Bacon. Yeah, it's, it's Kevin Bacon's wife, uh-huh. which, by the way, I love them as a couple. They seem perfect. They're going to have very pointed future children. I don't think they have children. Good. Anyways. Cut her vagina up, coming out head first. Put out your hand. No. It happened anyways. Don't worry. But like I said... Sharp features. I love saying. her as his foil, but you know who I really want to be his foil? Peretti? No, not Peretti. Uh, 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 Chelsea Peretti. Okay, I would love that, but no. Oh my. Interesting. You can't see him as his foil? No, I... George Takai as his... Like, like, that would be amazing. Now, here's, here's a fun rhyme, rhyme question for you. Okay. Who would be Boyle's foil? Well, one, Sandberg kind of is. <laughs> That's true. I mean, they're best well, friends. Well, pretty much everyone is Boyle's foil, but especially what's your name? The, um... The Latino. Patrice, yeah, or whatever yeah. her name is. It, it, it's, it's not uh, Patrice. Well, it's... her last name's Patrice. Is it? The real, the real person, yeah. Like Lucy for, Patrice or something. I cannot for the life of me think of her character's name right now. Mm. Uh, D- Diaz? Well, yes, it's Detective Diaz, but I can't think of her first name. I've been watching Orange is New Black, so everything's like based on last name. Okay, so Boyle's Boyle in real life. Chris Barnell. Excuse me? Chris Barnell. Mm. I want to see him and Dr. Spichemin go head to head. I'll one-up you. Okay. I want to see Boyle... And Cyril. <gasps> Cyril Figus. Yeah, no, I want to see them go head to head. That would be awesome. Boyle and Cyril. That would be awesome. So, to have Chris Purnell kind of do a meta moment the way they had the uh, the two seasons ago with uh, Archer with the massive crossover season with the crossover with Bob's Burgers and the crossover with uh, C Lab, which we'll talk about later. But uh, to have like. Chris Parnell play a Cyril-esque character in Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Okay, hold on. I just want to say this because Cyril is always wearing a vest. I'll give you my mindset on here. Um, Cyril wears nice a vest. vest people wearing a vest. Uh, Matt Myra on At Midnight. That's how I got there. I just want to say when he said, it's Brooks Brothers. Did you just put your hand in your head like, of course it is. I've been listening to the Nerdist for five years. <laughs> Okay, yes, I, you. I did do a face and palm. Uh-huh. Not a, not, not a face palm, but a face and palm. 
So, Brooklyn anyway. Nine-Nine. I know I basically had to force you into watching that. You know, I've and learned my lessons like, in no, terms but, of people, what people recommend to me. But literally the only reason why I watched it was Terry Crews. And then they had the Chelsea Peretti and the Joe Letourneau. And I'm like, done in... I'm locked in. Well, you're talking about like a, a certain episodes, and, and I think it was like what, five episodes in on the I first season where I could I could binge yeah. enough to kind of get a sense of it. Well, because it, it, it and I was like, like this show, this show is funnier than it has any right to be based on the trailer. Like, you know what I mean? Like no, there's sizzle reel, not so much. That's what I'm saying. Like it had based on the trailers, the teasers. I was like, this is not gonna. And then I watched it, and I'm like. The writing it was, it is was, so smart in a way that it doesn't show. Like I said, no, um, it was the non-turn. The non-turn's like, Terry Crews is funny, Terry Crews is hilarious, you should watch this. And I watched two episodes and I was sold. And then I watched five episodes and I'm like, this is amazing but and the, smart the, and funny the, and everybody should the see The writer's this. room is... Like, it's it's, I, it's a I, gilded lily is what it is. Wait, what is your definition of gilded lily? Well, if you gild your lily, you put the condom on the penis. That's not a saying. Yes, it is. No, I'm not high-fiving that, and you're not slapping me. And I'm no, slapping you. No, that's a saying. Will you gild your lily? Wow, you've never been a girl. If I ever, <laughs> ever heard a girl say... Are you going to gild your lily? That's actually a lot more prominent in the gay community. Explains why I haven't heard it. I kind of took a break from glory holes. <laughs> kind of took a break? I kind of took a break. Yeah, it's like being sort of pregnant. <laughs> Figure that one out, internet. So, ten pounds of comics. This is on you. Um, talk about it for a few minutes. So... I brought Deb ten pounds of comics. Um, so eight I'll be years, selling eight years of comics. I'm getting there. Jesus. Initial fucking line from the show. Stop stepping on my punchline, bitch. Quote Jesse. <laughs> Facebook. Bitch. Um. So I've been working on cataloging my comics. I'm about I'm about to sell half of my collection. I'm not worried about it. It's not going to finance another clerks. It's just kind of making room. Well, it's room. nothing you really have an emotional connection to. Or that it's worth a lot. I'm keeping it's, all of it's those. It's just, it's stuff. Like I said, you can right, get the right, right. paperbacks and be fine. So I gave both Deb and my uh, 10-year-old nephew mm -hmm. the list. I went, whatever you guys want, write a note, and I'll pull it out, uh, so to speak. And I said, because it's been on my Amazon wish list for way too long, I'd like Fables. Which I have the first eight years of in singles. So last week I brought over a overflowing bag of what as what is literally ten pounds of comics. That's actually probably more. And that's like actually 15. not including that I brought you the first what two year and a half two years of Dogwitch. That was the week before. And did I bring you something else before that or no? You brought me Dogwitch and you brought me the first two issues of Empire. Well, yeah, I know. But I, I feel like there was something else in there, too. I need to... I need to oh, um... Because I saw it and was like, oh, you totally need that. Um, and I've got a bunch of uh, Roman Dirge stuff, if you want to. All of it? By the way, can I tell you how much I really just want to punch you in the junk so hard? 
two issues of Empire? Are you freaking kidding me? I well, the thing only went for like three issues. Like you're literally only missing half of it. One day I'm gonna stop by Mile High Comics for a multitude of reasons. I actually need to buy a comic for my nephew because I gave him five issues out of a six issue run. You fuckwad! You don't. I only had five issues. But you don't do that to a little kid. He doesn't know. He was at a sleepover. He doesn't know. Um, that sounded horrible, but he. <laughs> I'm the counselor from Sleepaway Camp. Um, no, that he he was at a sleepover last night when I gave his dad the comics to dole out. This sounds worse and worse as I go. <laughs> so, <laughs> I need to buy the sixth issue to wrap up the story. I will look for the Empire trade. Um, because well, one, I talked to my comics guy, who's a big Mark Wade fan. As well, you're sitting next to one as well. Yes. I mean, we talked about Mark the Mark Wade Flash run. But I I read Kingdom Come recently, like within the last four months, and it was it was brilliant. I mean, I had a lot of questions and a lot of you know supposition, but still brilliant. The best part of all of that is that there's this interview with Mark Wade, the writer, and he starts talking about. He goes. Kingdom Come was this huge, like, benchmark comic, right? It showed what we could do in comics. And he goes, this was a career high. Alex Ross went on to do, like, amazing things. What was my career move? I wrote Exo Mana War for a dying company. Ouch. <laughs> like, yeah, like, went the opposite direction. But like I said, I'm a giant fan of his... I love the first two issues of Empire. It's what happens if the, if the villain wins, Golgoth. Well, you're going to laugh when I say this. It's one of those, it's the Flash Gordon moment. You're transported into the Empire, where the ultimate evil has all of the power. What the shit do you do? You run a nickel play and tackle him? Based on Flash Gordon. He bang his daughter, but still. Did you ever read that, like, weird... Flash, uh, that weird fiction I wrote where um, it's uh, a Flash Gordon like 30 years later. God, no. I totally want to, though. Okay. I'll, well, I'll it, no, it's, it's the Flash Gordon moment. You're transported into an environment and a universe you don't understand. You're talking as a reader. Yes. Yeah. You have absolutely no control. You have to try and manipulate your environment to make it okay for you. And now you have to bang this dude that's going to go off and bang Timothy Dalton. Wait, what? Um, do you not remember that the Emperor's... I'm sorry. The Emperor's daughter ends up with Timothy Dalton. In the movie? Yeah, dressed like Robin. Been a while since I've seen Flash. Flash, I know. Ooh, write down Flash. We're not talking about Flash. And then write 90 after it. Do we need to move on? So, Gotham. Alright, despite calling you feeble-minded two weeks ago. Bitch. This came back to bite me in my ass. So, we're three episodes in. Which I said I would give it three episodes. I said I would give it And then I would... And, well, and, bullshit, you said ten. Don't make me go back and listen You're to right, it. You're right, I did say ten. Uh-huh. I said I would give it three episodes and then decide. It's like Gotham fucking knew what I said and gave the third episode this punch reveal at the end where I went... Now I have to watch it. There was literally only two things I'm really peeved with about this series. The acting. Three things I'm peeved with about <laughs> this series. 
It's not good acting. It's 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 not. It's not terrible, but it's not good. So, um, I fucking loathe that they're doing all of the Barbara Gordon shit now. I'm sorry, Barbara Gordon was a gay drug addict in college. We're gonna do that. Yeah, that's fine. But really, we're gonna do that. And that her partner well, in all of like this. Well, Gordon, though. Well, you know what I mean. It's not Gordon. Like I said, but you know what I mean, though. I mean, the character lead of this. So she has all these connections to major crimes. She used to bang one of their detectives. Now, fuck off. I like that they made Montoya a lesbian, as she is in the comics. I'm fine with her being a lesbian. I am really annoyed. I know her partner ends up becoming the Spectre. Actually, it did. Spoiler alert. The Spectre. Christmas Helen. The Silk Spectre? Now, now you're imagining him in that costume. Deal with it. No, actually, I'm just trying to figure out, because the Spectre's costume is effectively, he's a big white, I mean, like, spectrally white, like ghost yeah. white. Yeah, Not, like, Caucasian white. He's a big white guy with a green cowl and then green Speedos, and I'm just imagining silk leggings with his little elf booties. And he's Not like, good. I'm the Thug Spectre. I'm the Wrath of God. More Double hand, gay hand things. I was more thinking Watchmen, Silk Spectre, but okay. No, I know that's where you're going with it, but I... <laughs> you know... Yeah, that you, sex scene no, was so gratuitous, I'd actually rather see Chris Pizzella naked than I would uh, uh, Mila Jovanovic. Not Mila Jovanovic, what's her name? Um, Mila Kunis, no. Uh, it's like Mel- Milan Ackerman. Nah, I'd still rather see her naked, that's awesome. No, honey. She probably just naked in every movie she's in. Honey. Sex scene during Hallelujah? Go fuck yourself. The thing is, we argue this on different fucking points. Okay, we need to move on from the Watchmen sex scene. Because it's like... No, I'm not okay with it. I will never be okay with it. I know. Neither one of us is, but for different reasons. So, I don't remember... Oh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine. No, 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 we're over that. I'm super glad they're back. Yay. I'm. They've been running a lot of teasers for this Sunday's episode, the uh, Brooklyn Nine-Nine Games. Really excited about that. By the way, uh, worst sequel show ever, and I'm mad that I didn't think of this. This was actually Piglet. I, but I gotta give a shout-out of worst, uh, worst titled spin-offs, Brooklyn Nine-One-One. Brooklyn 911. Oh God! I can you even imagine them responding to a 911? Well, the thing is that I wrote and I was like, "You are a monster, a wooden, heartless creature." Dot dot dot. Fuck! I wish I would have thought of that. Which is extra funny because you hadn't talked to her that much since that would have come up. It had to come up in the last year. No, we didn't. We didn't talk a lot since she was last in town, and I. Basically tried to... I don't know. What's what, what's the equivalent of cock-blocking when you try to block a lesbian? It's called beaver damming. Well, I tried to beaver dam her, and uh, it didn't work. You're a moron. Beaver. Hardly knew her. <laughs> so, Lucy. Let's talk about Lucy. Well, Deb, I had to explain the joke to you beforehand, but you it's basically... You didn't actually have to explain. You just said what your thought process was. It's effectively the prequel to her. 
as the end of Lucy. Hey, I which, liked her. I liked her a lot, except for a few glaring errors that I thought were completely bullshit. Her who? Oh, the movie Her. Sorry. I'm sorry, that's kind of ubiquitous. Um, because I'm going to talk about... Ubiquitous? Huh? Ubiquitous? Chameleon? That's I-5. <laughs> Nobody can see us doing that. I know. But anyways, go ahead. Yay! Space Lucy. work on a podcast. That's the second time I've said that in two days. Um, <laughs> so I watched Lucy. It's a movie about... I actually uh, tried to go see that. That's when I got trapped in the... Uh, which I like. I like Luc Besson. A lot. I really do. Fifth Element, Leon, or I'm oh, sorry, I, The Professional I, as it's known in, in America. I love both of those. That was all the introduction of... Oh, you did um, Taken 2? No, the Taken 2 was excellent. The Professional was the first appearance of... Jean Renew? No. Natalie Portman. Natalie Portman. That's what I was looking for. I'm like, well, there are only three big stars in that. Which, by the way, one of Gary Oldman's best fucking roles... Fantastic. Oh, it was a fucking drugged out cop every time he cracked his neck. Like I said, no, he was oh. fantastic. But no, that was Natalie Portman's first role in the yeah, professional she was like nine. Lady Leon. I love that. Movie. Well, she played a nine year old. She might have been twelve or something like that. But like I said, I the fifth element. I adored the fifth element. I wish Apparently it doesn't hold up according to other people. No. I rewatched it recently and it's fantastic. Okay. I wish Chris Tucker would still be doing that instead of, you know, being God. I don't know what that means. Chris Tucker left Hollywood to, you know, follow God. Find Jeebus? Yeah. Pull that's the why there's camera. only... That's, that's why we'll talk about later. That's why there's only Taken 3. I'm sorry. Rush Hour 3. Finding Jeebus? It's probably Rush Hour 4. Um, Rush Hour. For your souls. Damn. Damn. Um, damn. No, um, so I watched Lucy... The premise is that uh, she becomes a reluctant... Dr- uh, Scarlett Johansson becomes a reluctant... She's a drug mule. Well, she becomes a reluctant drug mule. Well, I'm pretty um, sure she was forced Who it. gets kicked in the stomach by Chinese gangsters for no reason, by the way. No reason. At all. But, I mean, if it's something... She's, she's imprisoned by Chinese gangsters for literally no reason. Like, okay. the, other, the other three drug mules you've seen in that movie... Are ascend on their merry way, but she is kept in a concrete room to be raped. Yeah, for no reason. It's like, well, why? For no reason. For no reason. Like, they literally go like, you have twenty four hours or whatever, twelve hours to. Um, here's your passports. Here's your tickets. Like, get on the plane and get to where you're going, and then my people will meet you. Right? It's because she's white. They don't like guelos. I get it. No, I'm just saying, were the other three drug mules white, or... Uh, I don't know. Uh, no, yeah, one of them was. It's one of them was German. The Germans. The Germans. I like Svein. But anyway, um, she gets kicked in the stomach in a prison for no it reason. starts to leak. starts to leak, and it increases her brain capacity from, uh, what... 10%. From, well, which is a bullshit number, but Luc Besson says... Two, two things. One, Luc Besson says, yes, A, the science behind it is, is bullshit based on the baseline of 10%. And two, in the movie, Morgan Freeman says, we can only, like, past 20%, it's only conjecture. So, like, in the movie, they say, like, we don't know what would happen. Yes, it's fiction, just fucking deal with it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's almost a meta moment. Excellent, excellent 
suspension of disbelief. So, you know what? I'll buy it. This one's rough. Um, this one's rough. So, by the end of the movie, and I'll get so I can get to my joke, the end of the movie is, she has 100%, she has mastery over all knowledge, matter, and energy. She builds a supercomputer for uh, Morgan Freeman, uh, which is funny because he's like, you're about to give me ultimate knowledge, but a dark room full of sonar is too much power for one man. Um, yes, I just assume he's Lucius Fox in every movie. <laughs> um, Sprinkle titties. I don't know what that means. Um, Did you not see that meme? No. There was a meme going around, which is, whenever you see a quote with a picture of a celebrity, do you hear the quote in their voice? It was a picture of Morgan Freeman, and underneath it said, Sprinkle, Sprinkle titties. titties. Yeah, see? Hmm. You hear it now, don't you? Yeah, you totally hear it. You walk through a mile of shit to come out clean. Sprinkle, Sprinkle titties. titties. Yeah, <laughs> you hear it. Alright, but anyway... So, uh, she builds a supercomputer and, uh, defeats the guy who was the main character in Old Boy, and, uh, cause there's, like, no fucking Americans in this goddamn movie, and, um, she hands off this, now, Deb, you don't read a lot of comics, um, there's a character named Captain Marvel, who... I know who Captain Marvel is, thank you. Which one do you know? DC or Marvel? The one who's the little boy that can just... DC's. Yeah. Marvel's, Marvel's new Captain Marvel, he's cosmically aware his skin looks like stars, like always moving. Sounds like bullshit. It's awesome. And, uh, don't, don't, not Janice Val. Not in my presence. Um, so, he hands her, I'm sorry, her supercomputer hands her, uh, hands, <laughs> the supercomputer hands Lucius Fox a USB drive full of all the information and knowledge of humankind from past to, like, from from literally the Anthropopithecus uh, or whatever it was, fucking Morphic. Lucy. No. Anthro, uh, whatever. Lucy, the first uh, uh, Neanderthal. Lucy? The fossil? Yeah, it's not, a, it's, not a, it's not a coincidence that her name is Lucy. So... So he hands, her, hands him a goddamn USB drive, and I went, oh, it's the prequel to her. I just okay, her... took this joke and plowed it in the butt. So her was great. Also, Lucy is not. Lucy's interjected with, I don't know, scenes of natural disasters and animals fucking. Yes, that's true. Up to and including humans doing it in the car. So life after bath. As if it were the 1950s. All I'm saying is that, for, as much as I love Luke Besson movies, this one is a shovel it. Really? Not a fan of Lucy? Nope. Okay. So, Life After Beth. It's kind of in the middle between Love It and Shovel It. Um, I kind of came across this movie um, after the At Midnight with uh, Audrey, Aubrey Plaza and... And that was um, a while ago. Donda. Oh, well, I... When she's basically mouth-raping him, yeah. Hand raping. It's it's just a hand jibber. Oh no, yeah, you mean hand on mouth rape. Yeah. yeah. Cause that's a thing. Hand on mouth rape. Anyways, I can, I can't life even after think of bath. To say that. Um, it's cute. You know, basically 
Audrey Plaza plays a girl who breaks up with Dane DeHaan. Can't figure out why, because he's a tall, skinny guy, and they're all packing. Um, and she comes back from the grave, and he's like, oh, like I was so heartbroken over you, and I'm going to have a relationship. Um, her parents played, by the way, Pitch Perfect by John C. Riley and uh, Molly Shannon. Oh, God, yes. Those would totally be her parents, except they're crazy white. Um, by the way, uh, Dane DeHaan's parents played Pitch Perfect by Cheryl Hines and Paul Reiser. I love Cheryl Hines so much. I know. It's I'm one of those where really I was like, sorry. yay, she's you're still really, in really, stuff. Really, really sorry she's marrying the Kennedys, but I think she's awesome. So, Dane DeHaan's like, oh great, we can like finally be together, and they fuck, which is weird, because she's dead. Um, but I guess like, hey, that's the best kind of contraception. Um, wrap your dick around dead pussy. Um, God, I hope my neighbors heard that. God, I hope everyone hears that. Um, and then it turns out she, you know, becomes a ravenous flesh monster. You mean like a zombie? Like a zombie. And then he realizes through her zombieism that she was actually right to break up with him at the very beginning, where he starts uh, realizing that he's in love with Andrew Kendrick. Because, really, you can't have an indie movie with Dane DeHaan and Audrey Plaza without Andrew Kendrick. You really can't. She's pretty awesome, though. Oh, I love Andrew Kendrick. Um, She's very down-to-earth and very But very, very kind. Scott Pilgrim... It's, it's kind of the Scott Pilgrim of zombie movies. Especially in terms of casting, because you do have Audrey Plaza and Andrew Kendrick. Um, it was cute. It was funny. Um, I liked the uh, militant... Militant security guard, um, like get a community security guard brother. Um, it, it's worth watching. Um, Doug, see you, you know, you know, you know where it's going every beat of the way. Every time Dane DeHaan asks Audrey Plaza, he's like, she's like, I'm so hungry. And he's like, wait, what do you mean you're hungry? Like, like what are you hungry sticks. for? Like, so many sticks. Well, and then, like, I guess, like, smooth jazz comes zombies. That's an interesting addition to the mythology. That's weird. Because, quote, the music feels warm. So, I would like to talk about it's fall TV season. We've talked about Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Bob's Burgers is finally back. It's people! Bob's Burgers is people! That was literally the first episode. Really? The pilot was them getting the public health warning that... Louise told everybody the burgers were people. Fucking Christian shell. So, the first episode of the fourth season, it's a musical, which is... It's a combination of Die Hard and Working Girl. So it's like, a work it hard or die girl. Like I said, the, the, it's the combination of the two musicals where Gene tries out to do the musical and it gets rejected because he has Nakatomi, Nakatomi, Nakatomi way too long. And like so, Plaza? Yeah. Nakatomi, Nakatomi, Nakatomi. I'm sorry. I think it's... Family Guy keeps making all these jokes about how Bob's Burgers wouldn't survive without them. But, dude, it's a smart, funny, interesting show. And I love Tina. I'm sorry she wasn't in this episode more. Tina's hilarious. I love her. But like I said, the the fourth season opening of Bob Burgers is amazing. And I made you, like, not forcibly, but pretty much, is like, you have to watch this. Watch the Equestronauts episode. 
Which I had binged. Sorry, I think I binged pulse. the. I think I binged the first two seasons. I think we talked about this. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of cherry picked around the third season. So. Equestricals. Non-canonical, non-canonical. We found a fun way to say non. Nautical. It's, it's, it's a fancy way to say nautical. Yeah. You don't have any follow-up. No, I don't watch it. So no. You really should. I know. Get on. I know I should be better about it. So about Harmontown. So I watched Harmontown. Which I haven't watched yet, unfortunately. The uh, it's basically a documentary based on. Well, he has a podcast called Harmontown. Yes, and what happens effectively is it starts off with um, Dan Harmon getting fired off a community. Because he's a drunk. Which is pretty much established very early on. Like I said, he got fired from community because he was a fucking drunk. Well, and he decided to play the Chevy Chase voicemail on this podcast, which I'm assuming didn't help. No, not even a little bit. Um, but he goes, well, I've got nothing holding me down right now. Um, I'm going to take my podcast, Harmontown, which he does out of Nerd Melt. Yeah, I know. Um, I know, but I'm saying it for the- I know. Um, he's going to take it on the tour, and this documentarian says, like, I'll go with you. And it's all about kind of like... Okay, I'm not saying he shouldn't have played the Chevy Chase voicemail, but, dude, you have a problem. It's affecting your work. And they do bring that up on when Dan Harmon was last on The Nerdist. They talk about, um, you know, obviously you see him repeatedly pouring vodka. That's his drug of choice. My thing is to to watch, um, to, it's very interesting to watch a documentary about a writer because at one point Dan Harmon says, we're a third. We're a third through the uh, tour, based on Joseph Campbell's uh, like directives. I should start to learn something. <laughs> and when Dan Harmon actually, I wouldn't say learns something, but figures something out, it's mind blowing. Okay. It's sad. I, I will ruin it um, without ruining it. That at one point he realizes he goes. I'm not the hero of the story. No. I am the villain of the story. He's not necessarily This the person villain. is the hero. No, he no, you when you watch it and he's he's basically up against a, literally a wall, a firing squad with both Fox and CBS after his firing of community to develop pilots. He's like, "Yeah, I basically conned them out of money to write and I haven't." And you see him go like up against the literally the wall and he goes okay I've got all your notes they're last minute notes he goes I'll get right on that hangs up the phone and goes when I'm done with this show it's the drunken work ethic which I know all too well all too well that there's always something more important when you're drunk and it's not necessarily drinking it's just there's always something more important. I could edit this episode, but I could watch this instead, or do this instead, or this variant has to start getting set up. I mean, I understand that mentality all too well. Just be crazy aggro and yell at me about everything. I do that every show anyway. I don't know why the fucking last week was so goddamn special. Really? Really? All right, I might have been more aggro than usual. 
So I'd like to talk about season two of Arrow. Okay. So Netflix, fine, really? Well, I mean, we'll kind of get there organically through this, so. So I finally, finally was rewatching season two of Arrow because Netflix put it up the same freaking day. Bitch move, Netflix. That Hulu started putting the new season of, the third season of Arrow up. Like, ridiculous. Fucking, fucking ridiculous. Okay, I enjoyed the entire second season. I like the growth. I like where they took the characters. But I can tell you, the, the, oh, this is happening moment was seriously when Sarah Lance, i.e. Black Canary, is doing the rack. And we've talked about this before, where the... <laughs> we've talked about this before, where when I got You're sold... Right. When I got sold an arrow was when he's working out in the abandoned warehouse. And he's, is it just the exercise that sells you on characters? It's more the fact that she was actually doing it, so I'm like, you know what? You've actually physically trained to be this character. You've lived in their skin a little bit of time. Does that make sense? Well, because you were that's, unhappy that's that she didn't even look like the original girl in the pilot. Furious. Still furious. Still think it's complete and utter bullshit. And you know what? I, I think she's still funny looking. I'm sorry. I just don't understand why she's blonde and has to wear a blonde wig. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. Honestly, I think she was trying to hide her identity, and wearing a shitty blonde wig would probably help with that. So yeah, I but get in the that. comics, she ditches the wig and just starts bleaching her hair. I do it's like... It's when they fuck in the middle of a restaurant after a Riddler attack. I have that issue. I actually do like that she's a bartender. I'm waiting for her to have her fucking meltdown. And you know exactly what I'm talking about. Have a meltdown? Have her meltdown when she's tending bar. Like the Frank Miller and Jim Lee run. Exactly. We were talking about that with the, with yeah, the dynamite the with the fuse. fuse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm waiting for her to be like, this is gonna happen. This is gonna happen. This is gonna happen. Done! Out! I'm just surprised she's back. <laughs> I'm not. I have to tell you, Laurel is incredibly unsympathetic the entire second season. Well, till the end. Tell me you did not feel for her when Slade goes to the door and says, Oh, by the way, he's the arrow, and then just walks. Slade's brass balls just dragging on the ground on the way out. Nope. Sorry. Laurel was completely and utterly unsympathetic this entire episode. Season. Excuse me, you are correct. Season. Well, I mean, the correct, I just want to be clear. Um, I mean, I, I like that they gave her, like, problems to surmount, but I, I think they broke her down a little hard. I'll be perfectly honest. I, I, I'm sorry. I think they were like, we need to make her relatable. Let's give her problems. And I'm like, yeah, but she's no, an ancillary like character. You don't need to break her down that much unless you're going to focus on it as a season arc, which you are not. But it's God, I don't want to talk about season three. Yeah, no. So, the internet told me I'm wrong. What corrections do we have this week? And by the way, the thing I crossed off the list, which we'll talk about next week, is that Arrow, I'll give you one thing in my mindset, Arrow leads to Flash, goes to, I'm going to be rewatching the 90s Flash. It's one of those, I have very fond memories of watching that on television. I have very fond memories of watching it on the deluxe DVD, like four disc set, and I almost miss it. Especially uh, Mark Hamill as uh, the trickster. 
I need to watch it. Andy, so. Andy, by the way, when you see the, uh, there's an episode of Justice League where uh, they have, like, the Flash Appreciation Day and, like, four Flash enemies get together and you have the trickster. Mark Hamill actually voices the trickster. He actually oh, picks back up. Yeah. They actually kind of connect that. Oh, so good. Hey, furry-ass ninja. Internet told me I'm wrong. Well, Deb, turns out... A jigger is just a jigger. It's not short for anything? Yep. Well, I'm going to have to tell everyone. Don't want you serving them two jiggers. I prefer, I believe, I prefer jig rows. Jig rows. Um, the movie Left Behind is based on the... God help me. I looked this up. The Kirk Cameron trilogy, the Left he Behind trilogy... He just stars in it. Uh, uh, correct. But, well, no, wait, hold on. What? Left behind. He didn't write it. No, no, he just stars in it. Exactly. I think he EP'd on it the last two movies. But it's Left Behind, Left Behind Tribulation Force. Sorry, what? Tribulation Force? That's not a word. Tribula that's a word. That's the title. <laughs> and then Left Behind 3, World at War. Hold on for one second. If you don't shut up that dog, I'm going to come up there and murder it. Continue. Stop. Continue. Oh. I'm actually insulted you didn't go a uh, ACDC. Electric Six. Um, I'm gonna murder that fucking dog. Harry Gauze is the voice I'm of I'm literally Captain going to murder that dog. Sorry, go ahead. Harry Gauze? You yelling at the dog is actually more disruptive to the podcast than that dog. I'll, I'll just let you know. I'm talking about my life, not the podcast. Okay. And Sparks was the guy in uh, in the chair in C-Lab. Damn it. Sparks. The one that people didn't know if he was handicapped or lazy. Or lazy, yeah. And he invents the mutex yeah. to make a, quote, like, ass ton of money. Like I said, you It's know. mostly cow protein. Was he lazy? No, I was going to say, was he lazy? Was he handicapped? You don't know. No one knows. In mistakes I made this week. Thank you, Hockey. The NHL started again this week, and I got my ass road hard, put away wet, and not in a good way. You just said all those words. Yeah, I did. Mm. No mistakes you made this week? Uh, no. No, I'm actually on the opposite end of mistakes. I've done pretty much everything awesome. Really? But a sketchbook, I started drawing again, I'm working on the to-do list very diligently, getting ready for November, um... Ready for Bags of hero clicks in my backpack to teach you, well, we and or destroy you. Both. Yeah, yeah, kind of hand in hand. Do we have a social contract? No, I think we're just gonna check this up to Whedon's law. Everything is awesome. Everything's great when you work as a team. And that's not Whedon's law. <laughs> Don't be a dick. This has been a Blood Alcohol Content Network production. For more information, visit www.bacnpodcast.com. Your home for almost bacon and banjo!